Good morning, and welcome to your Tech 5 Coffee Break with Ben Harrison. We live in a rapidly changing and confusing world of technology and media reporting that affects all of us, both today and will continue far into the future. Each weekday morning, we've been looking behind the news to give you a brief snapshot of events and trends that matter, where they originated, and where they are taking us. There have been compulsory vaccine mandates in Canada and other Western countries for more than 100 years, so they're nothing new, in Canada or around the world for that matter, and it took years despite efforts to make it mandatory. For the first smallpox vaccines to gain acceptance and widespread use during the 19th century. During the 1885 smallpox outbreak, anti-vaccination groups protested mandatory vaccine measures, leading to public violence in Montreal when the vaccine was made compulsory. Health officials made house inspections, checking for the pockmarks from the virus in survivors and scars on the arm from the vaccine. Newspapers carried full-page conspiracy-spreading displays. One was headed, Vaccinate, Vaccinate, Vaccinate each word followed by an exclamation mark. And there's money in it, with an exclamation mark. And beneath that, 20,000 victims will be vaccinated in the city under the present alarm. That will get $10,000 into the pockets of the medical profession. Cleanliness, sanitation, and hygiene are nonsense and unworthy of attention by our Board of Health. During the 1918 influenza pandemic, a Toronto lab produced a vaccine that was distributed to health departments, hospitals, medical and nursing staff, the military, and other public health services in Canada. And by 1943, routine immunization against whooping cough was approved in Canada. In 1955, the widespread use of the polio vaccine helped bring polio under control, and Canada was certified polio-free in 1994. Ontario currently has a legislated vaccination policy for children enrolling in school, requiring them to be immunized for diphtheria, tetanus, polio, measles, mumps, and rubella. The legislation includes an exemption clause, allowing exemption from the vaccination requirement on medical or religious grounds or simply out of conscience. In these cases, should there be a disease outbreak, unvaccinated children can be excluded from entering a school. The United States also has a long history of protecting the nation's health through vaccines, beginning with George Washington in 1777. During the Revolutionary War, smallpox was the biggest threat to the Continental Army, threatening to inflict far more damage on the troops than the British forces. While 18th century Americans didn't fully understand the science behind smallpox, they knew that it seemed to break out in crowded areas like big cities or military camps and killed one-third of everyone who contracted the disease. Doctors in Massachusetts first used a crude vaccine in the 1720s, and leading figures including Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, and Martha Washington received the inoculation to administer the vaccine. Doctors lanced a postule of an infected patient and then sliced the same knife under the skin of a healthy individual. The vaccinated patient usually contracted a milder case of smallpox, rendering them immunized against potential deadlier strains in the future. Despite the life-saving benefits of the vaccine, many officials distrusted the science 
and blamed the inoculation for spreading the disease. Under this assumption, the Continental Congress had banned inoculations in 1776. But by February of the following year, Washington was desperate. Smallpox was attacking his soldiers, and given the close quarters at camp, there was little he could do to prevent its spread. On February 5th, Washington wrote John Hancock, president of Congress, sharing his plans to inoculate all the troops now here that have not had it, as well as his intention to inoculate the recruits as fast as they come into Philadelphia. Anti-vaccine campaigns would continue into the 1920s. By the early 20th century, however, mandatory vaccination was becoming more commonplace, particularly within healthcare settings. The Toronto General Hospital School for Nurses, for instance, required all admitted students to submit proof of vaccination before starting their programs. This admission letter noted some key entry requirements. Quote, your application is accepted and your appointment to enter the school is fixed for the fall of 1919. It will be necessary for you to provide yourself with the articles of clothing enumerated and described on the inner page. If your teeth are in need of attention, or if you have not been vaccinated within a year, these matters must be attended to before you enter the school. A physician's certificate of vaccination must be sent. In the late 1970s, the spike in measles cases pushed many Canadian provinces to enact mandatory vaccination policy in public schools, and many of you may still have yellow immunization cards. Well, today we're well into a worldwide pandemic of COVID-19 and its variants. Every day, despite solid scientific evidence to the contrary, we're reading and hearing about conspiracy theories from anti-vaxxers. Too often, we disregard lessons we have learned from history. Hopefully, this too will change. And change soon. You've been listening to Tech 5 with Ben Harrison from Muskoka's only non-profit radio station, Hunters Bay Radio 88.7 FM.